Welcome back to the Master here on Hokanui. This is a Mumford and Sons Wednesday. Of course, Wednesday night country of Tiny and Nathan, thanks to Regional Ford. 7 o'clock this evening on Hokanui, as per usual. Catching up with Dean Ravage now, Wyndham Sheep and Beef Farmer, as we do every couple of weeks here on the programme. G'day, Dean. How's things? Good, thanks, Andy. How's things looking on the ranch today? Uh, yeah, we're greening up. It is green now, so that's a promising start. Um, yeah, no, I think things just chipping away nicely, really. Just really hit the winter mode button a month earlier than normal. You reckon you've had enough rain now to keep you right? Yeah, we should be right now. Yep. yep. Uh, things are recovering nicely, and, and there is some good growth out there now. Just making the most of the uh, good soil temperatures while it's still up there, and we put some strategic urea on uh, about three weeks ago now, so that's starting to pay dividends too, which is nice. Yeah, you'll be getting into break feeding mode pretty shortly, I'd imagine, a.k.a. silly string season. Yep, we've um, got one mob used behind the wire already. Um, we put up another couple of breaks this morning, so the next shift for most of the mobs will be behind the wire. So that um, never-ending process for the winter started already. It's sort of a month earlier than we would have liked to anticipate, but um, that's just the name of the game this, this year. Crops, though, your crops sort of lapped up that moisture, though. Yeah, look, they've, they've really benefited from it. I noticed the kale is um, probably grown a foot the last fortnight, which is really good. And the Swedes walking through them yesterday are really bulged up nicely. So um, I think the yields will be get close to where we need them to be, which is which is nice. So you reckon you're looking on task to get through winter OK? Uh, the winter crops will be all right. Um, it's just the, the pasture covers that we'll probably use prior to them going onto the crop and, and coming off the crop, um, this probably aren't going to be there, which we'll just have to really focus on, making sure we allocate the right amount of feed to the to the right stock units and not over-underfeeding the thing. It's just going to have to be pretty savvy and um, on the case this year. Dean, I was speaking to David Rose before, he had some great points as well. Um, his concern was, though, the price of baleage um, coming into the province, rather extravagant. What do you make of this? Do you think it's a case of supply-demand and hence is the market, or there's a few guys trying to take advantage? I'd like to think it's um, a bit of supply and demand, but unfortunately there will be a few people out there trying to take advantage. But also the, the transport costs are the real killer at the moment. Um, obviously there are a few other people that I've yeah, bought baleage out of Canary for $90 a bale, which is probably fair, but it's costing me $65 a, a bale to get down, which is just a, a sign of the times the reality of it with the fuel costs and that involved at the moment. Um, yeah, nobody likes to be paying or charging that much. It's just everybody's got to cover their costs, which is understandable. Because David alluded to a few years ago when it was dry and a bit of Southland baleage for product went up north and trucking companies were covering the fee of that themselves. But you can understand how in this day and age it can't work like that because everybody's having to work basically trying to cover their butts, so to speak, because of COVID. Exactly, exactly, and everybody's got to make their business profitable and and break even at, at most. Um, so, yeah, it's just the way it is, and I think uh, we're just fortunate that the prices that we've received for beef and lamb and, and milk across the years probably been able to put us in a position that we can fund a little bit of that so we can make sure we've got next year's production in the bag as well. Just when you're talking to guys around the area, Dean, what's the feeling at the moment? Um... Still a fair bit of frustration out there um, and just a fair bit of anxiety. People just anxious about going into the winter with, in the position that we're at at the moment. But um, 
I think everybody's made really positive and proactive decisions early to try and put themselves in the best position possible. Um, and it's just things that are completely beyond our control now that um, are influencing what we can do on the farm, really. Yeah, and that's the big one, isn't it? There's only so much you can influence, and once things go out of your power, you're, you're, you can only be responsible for what occurs on farm, I suppose. Yeah, and I think a lot of the issue has been that people have made those decisions early, but then it's taken another two to three weeks to get them action, whether it's been a delay in transport or killing space or, or things like that too. So it's one thing making decisions, it's the other one getting it across the line too, which hasn't helped in, in some cases. Could be worse. You could play for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty um, ordinary on the weekend. Just to be polite about it. Like, yeah, fifty-four points in the second half. They can. I watched the game. All right, they were right in that game up until the fifty-minute mark, and it was only a couple of opportunistic tries in the first half off Warriors' mistakes that got the Storm the lead. It was six? It was eighteen ten at half time, or sixteen ten at half time. They are uh, Pavenhausen kicked a penalty goal right on full on half time. Sorry to give the Storm a bit of a buffer, but nobody could ever expected the Warriors to fold like they did. If you didn't catch up on the score, Melbourne Storm seventy, Warriors ten. Doesn't matter. How how died in the wall you are of a fan of the club, that scoreline just, it reeks. Yeah, it's one they'll be wanting to flush pretty quickly, I'd imagine. Flush it down and you move on. They've got Canberra on Saturday, so it'll be interesting to see the response from the side. Um, the Highlanders as well, the first New Zealand side to lose to an Aussie team. Obviously, it was only the first weekend for it. Um, what did you make of that game? Yeah, the Brumbies was always going to be a tough task. They seem to be the, the pick of the Aussie. Aussie teams at the moment, and um, the Highlanders obviously without a few of their key players like Frizzell and Smith and that, so that would have put a wee bit of um, pressure on them really, unfortunately, and they, yeah, they just couldn't quite get it across the line, just lacking that wee bit of firepower when they really needed it. What do you think the issue is with the Highlanders this season, not being able to attract a few more players of quality? Oh, gee, I don't know. You'd think um, being able to play at the lunchbox every second weekend in perfect rugby playing conditions would be a bit of a um, carrot to get a few few big guns down, but I don't know. I, I don't know. You need to be honest. It's just one of those things. I think I'll, I'll change that line of questioning. Players are quality. They're quality players if you're a professional rugby player, but game breakers almost, because you see the Crusaders, they've just got a mortgage on them. The Blues have got them now. All of a sudden, they've come right. You see the Chiefs, and then you look at the Hurricanes alone, like with Geordie Barrett at the back and who they've got within their ranks. Um, and then you've got the guys up the road as well who I'd rather not talk about because they've just got all blacks from go to woe. And it just seems to be the Highlanders have suffered from being poor cousin syndrome. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right there. And like, yeah, they are all top quality players, obviously, to be still playing at that level, but just just need a couple of real expected players, like what the other teams have um, abundance of at the moment, really. Yeah, hopefully this week we can rebound and get a couple of wins. Hey, Dean Ravage, thanks for your time this afternoon, as always, mate. Have a good arvo. You too, Andy. Thank you. Dean Ravage, they're out of Wyndham. Um, yeah, the Warriors, that was a debacle, basically, if they didn't catch a score. 70 points to 10, the worst score conceded in an NRL era, the most points ever conceded in a half of rugby. The Warriors had a couple of injuries, but yeah, still inexcusable. So um, Canberra Raiders Saturday, let's see if they can tame the green machine. Coming up next on the muster to wrap the hour, Tessa Prentice out of Dunedin. Do I see here at the muster? To live my life as it's